0: Entrepreneurship is not for the faint of heart. You're the first one in, last one out, and you do whatever it takes to succeed. Nonetheless, 25 million Americans have chosen the entrepreneurial life because it's equal parts demanding and fulfilling. Welcome to the People First, Then Profit Podcast. Join hospitality veteran, photographer, and entrepreneur Don Mamoni each week as he hosts a candid, no-holds-barred conversation with successful business owners and entrepreneurs eager to share their professional secrets with you. Like his crazy Italian family does on Sunday nights, he's serving up a healthy portion of inspiration, motivation, and education, so I hope you're hungry. Now, here's your host, Don Mamoni.
1: All right, everybody. Welcome back to the People First and Profit podcast. Today, I am joined by a person that I've known for maybe two years, but I feel like I've known forever. Her name is Holly Flick. She is an entrepreneur, a mother. She's just recently stepped into a role at ClickFunnels we'll talk about a little bit later. But basically, as I typed out uh, your intro, I said, this woman's so awesome. I just hope everybody listens to this episode. So thanks for being here, Holly.
2: Well, thank you so much. That was very kind of you.
1: Yeah, you bet. Uh, so I'm going to read your bio, and then I have some questions that I wanted to ask that I think that are going to be particularly relevant about your journey into entrepreneurship, um, some things you talk about, like the value exchange economy. And, uh, and then we can just have a conversation. How's that sound?
2: Absolutely fantastic.
1: Wonderful. All right. Holly Flick is a wife and mother of four children and lives in the Cascade Mountains of North Central Washington State. When her second child was diagnosed with catastrophic epilepsy, Holly chose to create a business that allowed her to maintain a flexible schedule. After years in the world of corporate sales, she made a decision to combine her marketing know-how with her drive for excellence and started her digital marketing agency, Swirl Social. Swirl specializes in helping established entrepreneurs bring her message to millions by transitioning their marketing efforts to digital media. Holly has served eight- and nine-figure entrepreneurs as they seek to build their influence and be known as the category king in their space. Most recently, as content director at ClickFunnels, Holly works closely with Russell Brunson to curate content for their consulting packages and shape the media and messages they regularly send to their loyal members and online audience. Thanks again for being here, Holly.
2: Yeah, I'm super excited to be here with you.
1: You and I have known each other for two years. We met through the ClickFunnels community, Mm -hmm. which so many of my entrepreneur friends are the way we've we've come to know each other. What was your journey like into entrepreneurship? Because I met you really far down your path. So tell me a little bit about how you got into entrepreneurship.
2: It was by necessity, to be honest with you. It was one of those things where, you know, I come from professionally, my history is corporate sales and marketing. I was corporate sales director for a Fortune 200 company out of New York City when I was first married and we had some babies. And like you mentioned in my bio, one of our kiddos has some pretty serious health issues that precluded me working out of the house. It was just one of those things where one of us needed to stay home all the time in order to make sure that our kiddo had what she needed. But in the same token, I have this intense drive. (laughs) You've come to know a little bit in me Mm -hmm. and I can't not I can't not work and I can't not create. So while I was at home, I needed to, um, it wasn't really about the money situation. It was just that I I needed to continue to have that forward momentum for myself professionally and needed to make sure that that worked inside the situation that I was given with my kiddo, which meant I had to be home. And we live in the middle of a very tiny Town, or We live in a a town in the middle of the the Cascade Mountains that is very small Mm. and doesn't, doesn't allow a ton of options as far as work goes anyway, let alone, you know, working out of the house. I had to kind of figure out how to, how to get into this. Now, one of the things that I had been doing on the side a little bit was working at my daughter's horse therapy program. Mm and they had asked for some help with their marketing and fundraising. And I had a Facebook group for my daughter at the time that was like an epilepsy education Facebook group that showed me the power of social media and what we can do with digital marketing in order to, to encourage and empower people in the lives that they have. And so I started doing that with this group and ended up turning into a, you know, I can't work for you. I need to work with you situation. Cause I'm at home all the time. And so mm-hmm. they hired me as, as digital marketing consultant for them. And it ended up just taking off and grew into a multiple six figure business within a year and, and has you know, taken off from there where I've just had some amazing opportunities to work with some people that, you know, these relationships have just bloomed. And, yeah. and now I get to, I get to say that I mean, you know, I'm working with Russell Brunson and, and his amazing team and I click funnels and, and I'm really blessed.
1: So your story is epic, but nothing about it surprises me even a little bit. The takeaway from that is so many of the entrepreneurs I have the pleasure of not only meeting, but establish my closest bonds with. Names that are familiar to you, the Biz Bros, Cassie and Jorge from Amplify My Impact. So many of them are rooted in a place of, we're doing this because it's our mission Mm -hmm. and we have a message and we're gonna share that. And so whether or not it's a leap of faith or a shove from reality, it seems like the universe puts the people where they need to be in order to chase down that mission. Those are the people that we become the closest with. And so I love the story where it was the, your daughter was the epicenter of this, but Mm -hmm. that it blossomed because you just have a need and a drive and a want. What would you say was the biggest... Was there a biggest challenge or was there a biggest point at which you were like, this is how this is going to work? This is how this is going to happen?
2: Well, I can tell you, yes, but that's, it started because it was a self-imposed limitation I put on. way, way back when I started working in the corporate world as a a professional salesperson, I was just newly married, 23 years old. Mm -hmm. And I got thrown into this role as a a corporate sales rep. And I'm selling, I'm calling on Nike and Adidas and Columbia. And these are my accounts and and, and government accounts that were huge. And I'm selling software and hardware and my degrees in philosophy and comparative (laughs) religion. And I came out of college needing to support my spouse, who was going to helicopter school at the time in Oregon. Again. And I had this, I had this conviction that I couldn't be away from my husband. This is the first like year of our marriage. And so when I got this, this role as a corporate sales rep, I had this conversation. Mm-hmm. Stick with me here. Cause this is, this is all related my manager at the time sat down, my sales manager sat down and said, we need you to go to New York city for our training, for our sales training. And I said, I, I won't do that. <laughs> like, I mean, I just can't like imagine this 23 year old self being like, I can't do that. I'm sorry. I just got married. And, and, you know, we have this agreement that in the first year, I'm not going to travel and we're just going to stay, you know, do this thing. And I remember my manager looking at me and saying, so I just need to understand this. You have a degree in philosophy mm-hmm. and you have some sales experience, but nothing like this. So we've, you know, we've taken a bit of a leap here and we, we trust like your personality and who you are and, like what we say, what we know about you, but you don't have any idea how to sell anything. And now you're telling us that you won't go to this sales training that we want to put you through. <laughs> and I just, I mean, all credit to this to this sales manager at the time who just had this trust and belief in who I was and what I was capable of. And he said, so how how exactly do you expect to meet your quota, which was a huge, right? Mm-hmm. Millions of dollars. Like, how do you expect to do this without any, any sales training? And I remember in that moment being like, I don't know. I really don't know how I'm going to, but, and then him saying, all right, well, we'll see how that goes. But throughout that year, I had to figure out a way to, mm-hmm. to meet the criteria of my professional role without mm-hmm. the training that I needed to. And the only, I mean, that was, it's very similar to what I had to do saying I'm home. I don't know anyone in this mm-hmm. industry, I don't, I'm not trained in social media management. I'm not trained in, in digital marketing at all. I, again, I'm, I have sales, sales training and, and marketing training corporate wise, but it's, it's traditional media. It's not, not uh, marketing, uh, mm-hmm. digital marketing. So I just had these, these two moments in my life where it was like, I have to figure out a different way to do this. And you know what? The answer is like how, how it worked out in both situations is where you and I meet. And you and I meet in this, in this value economy relationship marketing world where the answer to both questions for me was I am going to do my job well. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the, in the sales ex, um, example, I ended up in, within six months was like 210% of my quota. It was insane without any formal sales training because of implementing this value system, this value economy idea, this relationship management, relationship marketing experience. Yeah. And it has allowed me to jump from maybe maybe you know this was the trajectory of, of how I would have grown in my business or grown in my in my professional career with traditional sales training or traditional marketing training or school yeah. but doing it this way like you and I talk about all the time. Yeah. I was able to leaps and bounds like exponentially grow both my business. I mean Don I went from $700 a year like Yeah. gross to 140,000 yeah. the next year and this is how it's just it's relationship in networking. It's,
1: so It's so amazing because I had this realization, I want to say a year, maybe three or four when Emily and I started the business, right? Mm-hmm. So I come out of a hospitality industry where I was the service arm of hospitality. Mm-hmm. And it never occurred to me until I started to excel. First few years of our business, we struggled like any other, but we were also doing it in 2008, nine and 10, which was after one of the worst recessions we've ever seen. And so competition was at its highest and oftentimes business was sort of business availability was at the lower end, right? We are, I consider photography essential, but in a lot of cases it was, you know, less client, more competition. I never used sales as a metric even as a business owner, which sounds so counterintuitive, except for the fact that when I was in hospitality, it was all key performance indicators were client satisfaction, client loyalty, referrals. If that referral engine was running, did your clients become your champions? All these things were how my team measured whether or not we were succeeding. And so I carried that into business. And so Emily and I never sold we were never the sales people. We were always the people that took care of our clients, the people that took care of our professional partners. The answer is yes. What's the question? And so you and I meet right there. That is 100%. If somebody said, I want you to go to a sales training, I'd be like, I mean, okay, maybe, but I've, I'm very reticent. I'm very reluctant to think that I would use a lot of those things, right? That's just not how mm-hmm. I operate. So I love that you and I meet there. For those people that aren't as familiar with it as you and I are, what's the value exchange economy concept? What's relationship marketing in sort of practical terms?
2: So for me, and I know that we will probably come at this from a few different angles. And again, we have talked about, and the neat thing about you and I, I think, is that you come at this strictly from, not strictly, but very much from the angle of customer service and relationship management from Mm -hmm. the post-sale experience of we've had them here. Let's make sure that their experience excels their expectations Mm -hmm. so that their natural inclination then is to become an evangelist. Mm -hmm. right? Which is super cool. My experience, like I come at this from the pre-sale experience of them never having any sort of conversion experience with me ever. So Mm -hmm. how can I both ensure a conversion experience and then make sure that there is an evangelization experience afterwards, right? So they have that that desire afterwards, right? But again, so in, in answer to your question, the value exchange economy to me is looking at every interaction that I have with someone as an opportunity to provide value with zero expectation of return, knowing that the the natural human inclination is to return value with value out of gratitude.
1: Mm-hmm. That's what an amazing definition. I don't have a definition that good. I have a cute little saying that I used to tell people. I'd say, when you approach a situation, you have to pay it forward and not wait for change.
2: There you go. Mm.
1: I like your definition though, because it it's so much more comprehensive. Mine's a cute little saying you could put on a t-shirt, but that definition, right? To provide first with people's natural inclination to match value for value is, is I love the word that that's an economy. Yep. You That's something you can trade on to mutually find betterment for everybody that's involved, right? Because sure. that's what happens.
2: Mm-hmm yeah and it's not a it's that. a symbiosis right but that we that we understand the we understand human nature and the other mm-hmm. okay, the other end of this though if you think about it so the, and and I this is firmly rooted in my belief system of humanity is that are in order to fully enjoy something anything mm-hmm. there is there are two things that need to happen in order for us to complete our enjoyment of things as humans one of them is companionship mm-hmm. in it so we're sharing that, whether it's verbally sharing an experience, I am a big climber. So like I'm up on a mountain and I'm by myself, it's hard for me not to capture that experience in some way, whether it's mentally or I write in a journal or I take pictures and then come home and my completion of my enjoyment is sharing it with someone. Mm -hmm. right? So that companionship in that where somebody else can look you in the eye or somebody else can enjoy that in some manner with you. So either they're there physically, or you share it with them afterwards. We all have that, like, it's like the culmination of our joy. And I think it's C.S. Lewis that said that like a culmination of our joy is companionship in that. But I, I believe that there's another bit of it that when you're given an experience or you're given value, our natural inclination is evangelism.
0: Our Mm -hmm. natural
2: inclination and one of our value exchanges, it's not just I'll exchange you something of value, but we automatically as humans put this evangelization portion of it on there so that it's like, I want to tell someone else about you because mm-hmm. of how much I enjoyed my experience with you. And the, the deal is the value exchange economy cannot, it has to be a symbiosis. It cannot be a, oh, what's the word? I'm um, parasitic experience, right? Mm-hmm. So where a lot of sales conversations and conversion trainings are about this parasitic, get get someone to the point of conversion, and then thank you very much. I get what I want. Mm-hmm the value exchange economy understands the reciprocation that's natural in human beings and Mm -hmm. then leaves it and doesn't think about it again. Like it's just a foundational Mm -hmm. first cause to any action I ever have. I know that that's gonna happen. I don't need to think about that. I don't need to control that. That's gonna do its thing over there because that's just who we are as humanity in general when we're not jerks to each other. Just say that caveat.
1: Yeah, and you didn't ever qualify any of the things that you said the experiences, the people you interact with with sales. You didn't say clients. You didn't say the person that I'm selling something to. You're really talking about anybody that you interact with, any experience that you have. Holly, I've never bought anything from you. You've never bought anything from me. We at this point don't have a transactional relationship in any way, but Mm -hmm. the number of times I've benefited from you and either tried to pay you back or vice versa, I can't even count on one hand. Oh yeah. And I, I think that's what some people forget is we're not necessarily talking about how to treat your clients or how to treat the person that is of use to you. We're talking about when you interact with another human being, how can you provide them value in any way, shape, or form I call them I call them brand fans, people that don't need your service per se, mm-hmm. at least maybe not right now, but they just love who you are, what you do, how you do it, and they'll go out and they'll literally say, "I'm a fan of this person," and if you establish enough of a deep bond with them, they then become your champion. They're not only your fan, they're your champion. They're your evangelist, as you said. And that's, I mean, to the point of the rising tide, the betterment of all it's, it's a cool thing to witness. And I love that you said companionship and sharing because it brings everybody's unique skill into that. So for example, I respect you so much for being able to climb. I'm not a climber. I've never been a climber. I don't think I'd be interested in being a climber. But if you wrote a post about what you thought and felt and maybe pictures you took when you were climbing, I'd be like, oh my God, I want to share in this. I want to see what she saw and and hear what she thought. And that's truly an opportunity for me to just get a small picture window of what you experienced. Yeah. And that's pretty cool.
2: And it's a gift, isn't it? Like you, and, it is. And, you know, we all know, Like, even just taking the time to share an experience is a gift because we all don't have time. Like we just don't have time. And so- mm-hmm. There's, you know, and that just begs the question of like, what, what are we building as, as entrepreneurs anyway, right? Like, yes, we, the financial aspect of what we're, of the value that we need to receive is, is real. Like the mm-hmm. reality is our businesses need to be profitable or it doesn't make sense, but recognizing I've been in, in business now long enough to, to know what, what a year looks like if I'm chasing profit and that's all I'm getting.
1: Mm-hmm. Like
2: I know what selling a widget looks like and getting money back and never talking to people. Yeah. I don't thrive there. Mm-mm. What I'm saying is in the last five years of, of using this in the entrepreneur space, specifically the online entrepreneur space, where we don't see each other very often,
1: mm-hmm.
2: the 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 life that I've been able to live is so rich because of relationships like I have with you and your sweet wife that's like th- there's value wrapped around my entire life my entire business i have not just brand evangelists i have friends like i have these people who if i told them and this has happened like something is happening in my world and it is i know i know that if i posted something about my daughter being in the hospital i would have three packages in the mail like food and and encouraging letters and all these things and people would be like go fund me like what do you need like what like mm-hmm. And people that I would never have done business with and I never will do business with, it doesn't matter. Yeah. But the life that I have now, because I have surrounded myself with people in this value economy, the value that I'm receiving is so much more than just the finances. And my business is flour- flourishing in the meantime, which has opened up doors for me to do what I'm doing you know, in these other places too. So, so
1: the thing I love about that is it necessitates Redefining profit because Mm. profit for you and me, Holly, is not about the money. It's not about our expenses not being outweighed by our income. Therefore, we bring home profit. It's truly this concept of we measure our wealth in the people that are around us, the relationships that we form, the way in which Mm -hmm. that we can provide value and they can provide value. So it's funny when I talk about people first and profit. You know, and I know that I don't mean money. I mean life, just like Mm -hmm. yours, where when you post something that's going on unsolicited help advice resources they come your way because those people want to do that for you Ugh. so speaking wow. of people i didn't i didn't shout out this name earlier when i talked about people that i love to the core but you and i had a brief chat about how you met myron golden for the first time and it it speaks to this so tell us about how you met myron golden
2: oh and myron golden is one of my absolute favorite people on the entire planet he is just if you have not had a chance to just hear from him and get to know him a little bit, which I know you have. Sure, the listeners. If the audience. listeners
1: don't know Myron Golden is, they need to find out.
2: Right, right, good friend. I actually just spent some time with him last week in Boise. You know, Russell, we went to an event. It was a digital marketing event, gosh, it was like three years ago. And he was a speaker at this event. And we were in the back of this the crowd of people. And he was sitting, and I had never, like I said, I'd never met him before. He was sitting in the back, and he's mic'd up so he's obviously there for something and this is i mean the reason i'm 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 telling you the story and what we were talking about was as just a depiction of how relationship marketing looks to me, and it's not even marketing because there was no, there was no marketing. Mean, he's still, I have never bought anything from him. He's never bought anything from me. So I'll just like three years. We have this is not part of our relationship at all. The, the financial exchange, right? He's sitting, sitting in the back of this thing of this group, and I know I don't know who he is because I'm, I'm relatively new to this particular space in the online mm-hmm. world, so I don't know what he's there for. I have no idea what he's speaking on. He hasn't gotten up at all yet, but I know that he's part of. Of the, the speaker crew that's all sitting in the back of this event thing. And I'd heard him say something to somebody that just piqued my interest. Now, Myron has a, a podcast about uh, biblical success secrets or something along those lines. And he's a doctor of something or other, and he's very well-spoken and he speaks very deeply of things. And he just said one thing that I was like, oh, I want to know who this person is. It's one of those moments of like, mm-hmm. I need to connect with this person, right? And I remember standing there how and this is how I do it all the time. And this is one of those things that had I a networking program or some way to teach people what I do and how it's worked for me one of the tenants would be you're friends with everyone until they give you reason otherwise like you mm-hmm. just know everybody and you're best friends with people and so you just behave that way so whatever that persona is that you need to put on in order mm-hmm. to do that which I know for my my super introverted friends it can feel like an absolute obstacle for this but and I'm, I'm extroverted so it's easier for me but this is what I this is what I do and I just walked up to him and I sat down and I sat down I mean this is like you don't do this all the speakers are sitting around you just it's like walking up and sitting next to Russell Brunson being like, Hey, what's up? And Mm -hmm. I just sat down and I asked him a question about I'm sorry. I heard what overheard what you said. And we started talking and I behaved in my mannerisms and my body language, in my encouragement of him, like we were best friends. And he said that later, you know, like it was really very interesting for you to sit down in this instance. Yeah. You know, I'm mic'd up. It's a thing. Like obviously something's happening. Mm -hmm. And I sat down and just started asking him questions about his life and his family and his, and, and then I left with just as many encouraging words as as I could for him about what he had said to me and how excited I was to, to to hear what he had to say. And then he got up and he gave this big talk and that was the end of that. And then came back afterwards and we ended up sitting down and talking for a really long time. And since then we have now spent a ton of time together and we're good friends and he'll be on my podcast in a little bit, a couple of times. And like, it's just, it's it's a neat. And again, we've never exchanged money at all. But it was one mm-hmm. of those things that typifies my, like one of the tenets of, of relationship management to me, which is everyone it's not say, okay, here's, here's the difference. A lot of people will say, everyone, everyone's an asset. I've heard this, which makes mm-hmm. me want to throw up a little bit inside my mouth. Yeah. Everyone's an asset. Right. Mm-hmm. And how I see it is that we're like, everyone is my best friend until they're there's, give me some reason otherwise. And by that, I just mean it's very clear that we're not on the same page and we're not aligned in how we look at life. And there is mm-hmm. no value exchange happening here because of how you see reality. And I can't do that with you. And that really very rarely happens. So, I mean, that was just an example of how how I start a conversation in that way, and which uh, has it blossomed into a really cool thing.
1: And it's a great example because the thing about Myron that I found was, to your point, he's exceptionally well-spoken and he has a certain presence about him. When Myron walks into a room, you know that stuff's about to get real and he's mm-hmm. going to drop some serious knowledge. And so when you take the fact that he's mic'd up and he's ready to be a presenter at this event, and he just has this natural ability to command the room's attention, and yet you walked up and just chatted with him and projected an air of confidence and comfort and friendship. I know he's like a teddy bear, but that that's not your first necessarily inclination. And I think that that is a true takeaway for everybody that's listening because I like you I'm an extrovert. I used to joke around with my mom. We would go to the salad bar and come back with a friend and we would just chat it up while we're getting our salad bar stuff. And it just is the way that it is. Even if it's not a natural inclination for you, the dividend it will pay by way of just human interaction and this value exchange economy is is absolutely huge. He's also one of my favorite presenters because I take away the most from his talks intrinsically. He has a way of talking about language and words and things and I've used it For myself, the first time I heard him speak, people were talking about all the information that you consume in a day and everything that's happening on social media. And he said, nowadays, people are so in a rush to get through the content, the content will never get through to them. That was just one little soundbite from Myron Golden where I looked at it and almost every day I sit down and I think, am I letting this content get through to me or am I working too hard to get through this content? And so I read things slower and I'm more purposeful in many things, all because I got the pleasure of listening to Myron Golden in that one day. I'm going to go ahead and let Myra know that we talked about him for like 15 minutes today. (laughs) His ears (laughs) should be burning. I think
2: he'll he'll appreciate that.
1: He will, because we have nothing but wonderful things to say about him. And that leads me to my next question, which as, as an entrepreneur and as a business owner is very successful in your own right. You now have landed a job that many people would give anything for. And that's as content director with ClickFunnels and Russell Brunson. Mm -hmm. How does something like that happen?
2: First off, I just say that it's it's an absolute blessing and a joy to be privileged to be trusted with the role that I have in that company as one of the probably arguably top content producing companies on the planet. I mean, the amount of content that they put out is Mm -hmm. just as, I mean, constantly, um, is astronomical and being, you know, coming from being on the outside of the, of the ClickFunnels world for such a long time, I understood that it was a lot now being the director of all the the content that, and being well, just being able to be privy to all the content that comes out in my role is uh so anyway, it, all I'm saying is, is it's a privilege to be considered for the, for the role that I'm at right now. It's a hum, it's a humbling experience. So how, how it went about. So and again, this is one of those things where I, you know, I struggle. You ever have one of those things where somebody's like, how did, and we talk about this, how did we meet? Like, yeah. we, I mean, I met you like, and you can actually pinpoint at this time. And I couldn't have told you that we met at the event that we did like face-to-face. Cause I, I probably would have told you, I knew you for like three years before, but I don't know. Sure. So how this came about was one of those things where there were several people that worked inside ClickFunnels that I'd known for years and years through this exact thing that we had never exchanged. We'd worked together on some projects, but we had never exchanged money with one another, but I had known them well enough to call them really good friends inside the company and they click funnels back in 2019 ish. Sometime was looking for a contractor to help with a project. And one, again, one of these people inside the, the company just said, Hey, have you ever thought about Holly flick? And they're like, yeah, we don't know who this person is. So I ended up meeting, getting connected with John parks. Who's the VP of marketing
0: mm-hmm.
2: there at ClickFunnels. And we just, it was one of those conversations where we just hit it off and it was great. And I ended up taking over this project. And then in 2020, I got a Vox from Russell and it was, Hey, we have this, this need inside this company, inside our company right now. And then we're we're all sitting around talking about it. And like three people that were completely unrelated to one another and my, how I knew each one of them were like, Hey, have you thought of Holly Flick? And he's like, I don't even know who this person is, but you all do somehow. And each one of these people I had met, like I said, in completely different context, some inside ClickFunnels, some completely outside before they were there. And it was just like, and we had just had this really strong friendship and they all recommended that that he just talk to me about this thing. Mm. And John already knew me obviously because we had done some work together and so we had this meeting and and I was able to say, you know, because of what I know about you and my experience, I know that you're telling me you need this here. Um, I also see that there's a couple other things that I, you know, you don't know about me that I'm proficient in and this is how, and these are my experiences and my, and all these things. And so, you know, can we put this thing together? I'd be happy to talk about that and end up being the the director of content for, for the company. And so it was one of those things again, where I attribute it 100% to, it's not from outward marketing. He's not like looking at my Facebook page, you know, which yeah. I have have downplayed for sure in the last year on purpose. And it's not because of my agency. It's it's because of the people that knew me and trusted me and knew that I had given them value in this area, that area, completely different topics, Mm -hmm. all -hmm. these people that i had given them value and shown them who I was and what I could do to the point where when an opportunity arose, multiple people in different conversations were like, Hey, you know, maybe go talk to this person.
1: Which if you think about it, when somebody like Russell creates I'm just going to go ahead and call it an empire at the moment right, right and sure. he's, he succeeded so monumentally he surrounds himself with people he trusts certain to a certain level of implicity, right he just right. trusts them implicitly and so when he asks them and a number of people refer the same person there's a certain automatic unbelievable recommendation that exists. Because when you start hearing the same name over and over again, it's hard to refute that that person won't be just amazing for you. It's like an organism that mm. just starts to, to develop. And I think it's so important to point out if at any point, right, there had been question or or that these people, that their vouch, that their recommendation would have been so considerable. And it's so much about who you are as much as what you do or, or what you can do for someone Holly, and I think that that's a little bit of an exclamation point at the end of this. The whole story comes back to, yes, of course, you're talented and professional and capable, but your interactions with all those people came back to who you are and the fact that you believe in this value-based economy, which means I'm going to give, and eventually everything is going to go where it's supposed to go based on the betterment of outpouring, not right. incoming. Yeah?
2: Right. Right. You know, it's- and And I think that's a good point. The right opportunities will come. I mean, obviously- Obviously, Russell, gosh, working with him, he's just brilliant, you know, and he's put together this unbelievable community, but even just the culture inside ClickFunnels, like what you see from the, from the outside of being in ClickFunnels culture, it's like, this is such a good fit for me. It's such a, like all these people, Mm -hmm. there's good people, but I can tell you being inside of ClickFunnels, the company is like Mm -hmm. that on steroids. It's just good, good people, smart. Like they're all just wicked smart. So like Russell, and he's very, you know, he's very careful to put together a team that, that fits. And so when you mm-hmm. can have someone else who knows, who knows you, not just knows your offer, right? Yeah. Like these people don't know offers from me, right? But because we've had this relationship component, they know me, mm-hmm. which I guess, I guess, you know, kind of tips off the fact that there's a little bit of vulnerability in relationship marketing, right? They know who I am and they've mm-hmm. seen
1: me you have to expose yourself and, and your underbelly, right? Your soft underbelly so that people sure. can truly know who you are and you speak openly about your family and about your daughter and, and the priorities that you align. And that means that's great because that's a filter, right? If you went to work for a company that would be like, Hey, listen, I'm sorry about your daughter, but I said eight, eight beans, eight, right? That that's not the culture you would want to be a part of. And so it, it operates as a filter. I want to take just a quick minute to jump on the love train, especially now that you're part of the organization. I'm a supplier. Emily and I are a supplier to ClickFunnels, or we were before this COVID enhanced hiatus. It's always incredibly telling to me the culture of the company, because as an independent contractor and somebody that provides a service, oftentimes treated just like that. We are there as a contractor. And we were there treated in in such a manner. From the very first time I photographed Russell at ClickFunnels in Dallas, I think it was 2015, maybe 2016, I felt like, Emily felt like the ClickFunnels family. Mm -hmm. We were oftentimes treated with more kindness than I would have been treated as a guest at an event. I walked in there today and I said, hey, you know, we're here, we're going to get started. Is there anything I can do for you? Well, you know, just do what you do. And these are the events of the day. Is there anything we can do for you? Yep, yep. And here I am a service provider there thinking I'm gonna do everything I can do to document your event as best we can and, and answer any questions you've got and give you all the things we can give you. And they literally say, What else can we get for you? Do you need a table? Do you need power? Do you need do you need need? And I just thought, man, this is this is a culture that comes from the top down. Yep. And of course, at that time I didn't really have time to interact with Russell, but over the last four years, Emily and I have spent quite a deal of time with him and his leadership. There's not a single person in that organization that doesn't believe and act in accordance with that. And that's because it starts at the top. So uh, I'm obviously obviously a huge fan and I'm so glad you signed on there. I want to ask a couple of questions for the entrepreneurs and business owners that are listening. Mm -hmm. I'm sure they come from all walks of life and that they're at all stages of their business growth. What's your biggest thing that you would say to them was a learning experience or something that you could take away that would provide them with some insight. Like it's not always rainbow and sunshine. And here's what I learned, or here's a learning experience that I went through.
2: Oh, goodness gracious. I think that the, the, the times when my business has imploded, which it has, I mean, I've cycled probably four times hard, you know, in the last 10 years for, for the businesses that I've run, the times that I've cycled the hardest are the times when I backed off of relationship in, in seeking revenue. Mm-hmm. So in those moments when I have fear about finances, mm-hmm. I work uh, my brain, it fights to spend the time on relationship because relationship is a long-term game. Mm-hmm. It is. And so it's easier to say, well, I'm just going to, I'm going to meet these needs first. And then I'll focus on being on a podcast or I'll, I'll, you know, building those relationships, or I will, um, I'll answer those Voxes about the, someone who needs something from me at the end of the week. When, when I, because I need to, I have these sales calls or I need, I need to generate some more sales calls or I need to like go live on Facebook and do something else. I feel like what I would ended up doing was atrophying my relationship muscle a little bit in those mm-hmm. times. And that's when my business eventually cycled. It would just drop and and pick back up once I, again, focused my eyes on. So there needs to be some balance there. And so I think the only thing I would recommend is just figuring out where you can exercise with balance and honestly pushing yourself past the balance point with the relationship thing. And if mm-hmm. that means Sitting in bed, like there were years where I would sit in bed and my husband would be going to sleep and I would spend 20, 30 minutes on Facebook, just talking to people in my messages that I didn't know, reaching out to people and connecting in the DMS is what is a big thing, right. In the, and the, in the direct messages and stuff like that. And even if that's, and that was, I was tired. Like I lost sleep during that time because mm-hmm. I focused on those things. So that was an imbalance for me during those years. But the, what that's wrought in my business over time has been the opportunities you know, the ability to take advantage of opportunities is in every way has just uh, blossomed. So I will never not focus on that now, like to the point where I'm really lopsided into relationship marketing and my time that I spend, Mm -hmm. but I've never regretted it.
1: I think that is a great investment of your time and energy. And the Mm -hmm. fact of the matter is, is when it boils down to it, there's a certain point at which those reap benefits that are long past where you think they might have been. And this Mm -hmm. this is something that is pervasive in a career but it's so relevant right now. And I'm so glad you brought it up because I think right now, especially in the events and hospitality industry, but I think everyone is struggling, suffering a little bit more than they were yesterday. Mm. It is so easy to think, I don't have time to invest in that unless it pays off right now. Mm. And like you said, there might be a balance there, right? You might need to do something for cash flow, or augment or change or or make, make some sort of investment that's a little bit, off skew from this long-term goal, but you have to fight the good fight. You have to be in it for the long haul, even when times are compressed, even when things are tougher. Cause Mm -hmm. I agree with you. There've been times where I've lost a little bit of focus and it, it really, it doesn't benefit me. And it certainly doesn't benefit the people around me. So thank you for the tidbit of information that is not only great for the career, but so relevant right now. I think the last real question I have for you is, is there any other sort of single piece of advice that you give? Not that maybe came out of adversity, but the one thing I've always loved was or the one thing that I always come back to is I know we've done a lot of that, but maybe one other pearl of wisdom that you might have.
2: Oh my gosh the one thing gosh, I feel like we've talked about all the big things. I think I think the biggest thing is just asking yourself what and we, and we hit this what is the definition of profit for you? And I think awesome. that once we really get down to what value is, mm-hmm. what what am I looking to get back? Mm-hmm. from life, from my business, you know, why am I doing this? Um, what is profit to mm-hmm. me? Then it's easier to balance that, uh, our activities. I think in it's life fun.
1: Better. It's fun to talk about profit because, cause the sort of, um, partner to profit is wealth. Right. If you if you have enough profit, if you find enough profit in life, that's how you sort of gain wealth. And again, I spent a lot of time this last year taking stock in what I believe wealth is. For some folks, it is it is is monetary gain and you know acquisition of assets and things like that. And for me, it was very different. And so I could align. Where I believed my profit needed to come from in order to grow my wealth and so that is that's the best exclamation point at the end of one of my favorite conversations so thank you for sharing that um thank you, that's holly. Very kind of you. You're if people want to find holly flick uh, I have a note here that says you're literally hello holly flick on all platforms
2: <laughs> all the things
1: <laughs> all the social medias but that you're most active on instagram correct
2: uh-huh. yeah yeah that's a platform that's native for me for sure
1: And you're joining the ranks of the podcasters this fall. You'll be starting a podcast called Content Empire Radio, Uh where you'll be interviewing top entrepreneurs about how they've used content to build eight and nine figure empires. And that's coming soon. Yep. Yep. I adore the title, Content Empire Radio.
2: It's going to be, it's going to be the people we have lined up for this are, I mean, they're, they're people who have built really big businesses. And I'm specifically saying, you know, what have you done with what you've put out in your content that, that blew up your business and the stuff that's coming back is like stuff. I just would never have, I mean, I've been in the content game for a long time and I just would never have thought of the way that people are doing it. And it's just crazy. So it's fun.
1: There it is. Your relationship marketing at, at play again, right? The more sure. people you surround yourself with that are successful in what they do, the more we're going to all learn from them. So uh, sure. I'm excited to, I'm excited to listen. Uh, I, I need, uh, I need advice and guidance on content. Cause I know that's content creation is one of the biggest things that we need to do. And it's oftentimes one of the hardest. So yeah, I'm excited for it, and I'll be sure to share it with with our audience as well. Oh. I typically wrap up the podcast with a lightning round. A couple of questions I'm going to pop off the top of my head. Are you ready? Yep, go. Okay. If you're going to go somewhere to get rest and relaxation, is it mountains or ocean?
2: Mountains,
1: 100%. I guess I should have known that from the talking about climbing and living <laughs> in the Cascade Mountains. That's All right. Cold weather or hot weather?
2: Cold weather, 100%.
1: Yeah. I live in Texas and yet I'm not a hot weather person. So about three and a half months of my year, I used to love traveling this year. I I lived in Dallas for 15 years. It was the worst summer I've spent because (laughs) I didn't get to go anywhere. (laughs) I would go, I would typically have projects that we would go travel for. I would have Uh projects I would go to California for. And here I was stuck for three and a half months in Texas. So I'm with you. All right. So for our furry friends, is it cats or is it dogs? Dogs, big dogs. Big dogs. Big dogs. Big dogs. What do you what do you say is a big dog? Larger than Oh,
2: I'd say, I mean, not like enormous. I I like black labs, to be honest yeah. with you. That's we have a lab
1: thing. mix. She's 45 pounds. She's 15 years old and we love her so much. She's a oh, so sweet little baby. All right. The last one is the big one. And I'm sure Russell's listening to my little podcast. So think thoughtfully on this one. Uh-huh. Favorite book in the secrets trilogy.
2: Oh, you know what? So in the new trilogy that Russell has put out, and I have being the content director, I am now voraciously, I mean I've spent so much time in in this trilogy now. And I would say Unlock the Secrets is the fourth book in the trilogy, which is funny. It's not a tril it is a trilogy, but the fourth book, people are like, why does it come with four? Like if you get the box set, it comes with four books. And they're like, wait, this is a trilogy. The last, which people don't understand, Unlock the Secrets is the last book in that four. And it's Mm -hmm. thick. But if you looked at that When you read it cover to cover, it's actually the workbook that walks you through every single other book. And and you ask the questions, you fill it out. And if you did that, Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, that's your inner circle experience. Like if you did that and followed, it would take you probably a year to get through it all, just going through it and actually answering it for, it's a business plan Mm -hmm. that will blow the top. Like that's, that's your, your 10 X right there. Like wow, read that one book and I can say that because I have now taken bits of that and put it into every other piece of content that we put out in ClickFunnels. Like mm-hmm. that's that's an opus. It's a magnum opus right there. So that's that's my favorite one is because it's practical application of all three of the other ones.
1: It, literally, when you started talking about that particular part of the of the book series, I thought it's so practical, it's so tactical, it's so implementable. But the other thing that I thought is Russell just never stops giving. No, no, he never he stops giving. I mean, it's it's compulsive. He, it's amazing. Yeah. And, and that's, it's perfectly aligned with you and with me and with our mission and with the belief in relationship formation and relationship building. So Holly, I know how busy you are. You're busier than you were when I asked you to do this and you agreed, <laughs> and yet you didn't cancel on me. You were able to keep this. I can't thank you enough for sharing your story and your message. I typically thank people for being a part of the People First and Profit Revolution. But what I want to thank you for is for being a leader. In the people first and profit revolution, I appreciate you for that. Very kind.
2: Well, thank you for having me. This is this is uh, this is obviously something that's very near and dear to my heart, and it was so fun to get on our call the first time and realize how aligned we are on this. And I'm super mm-hmm. stoked for your audience to keep hearing people talking about this because I really think that if they're smart, they follow what you're saying, do what Don says, <laughs> do <laughs> it, then put people first, the profit in their life will will increase exponentially, and it will be the kind of profit that they actually want. So I'm thankful that you're doing this and that like, I'm grateful for your audience that they have you to listen to. It's awesome.
1: Thank you so much for that unsolicited encouragement, endorsement and ad. I really (laughs) appreciate it. (laughs) With that, we'll call this one done. Adam Wilmore can take us out of here. Thank you again, Holly. I appreciate you so much. Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening to the People First in Profit podcast. If you liked this episode, and I'm pretty sure you did, subscribe, review, and share it with your friends, fans, and followers wherever you get your podcasts. Check out the show notes for additional information about this week's guest as well as a list of all the links and resources we discussed. Be sure to visit peoplefirstinprofit.com for a ton of great content, free resources, and links to the People First in Profit community. All right, I'm Adam Wilmore, and on behalf of your host, Don Mamoni, we'll see you next week. We'll